A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. Here are your hosts, Dan Hansen and Betsy Thompson. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Thanks for tuning in to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show. We've got a whole bunch of stuff planned for today. Betsy's still not back. Let's just get that out of the way right off the bat. She had a surgery back in June, still recovering, but everything that we're hearing from Betsy herself is that she should be back next week. So I'm excited for that. We can get back to doing the show the way we normally do, or at least something close to that, coming up next week. This week, though, it's still me flying mostly solo, which is, you know, a feat in and of itself. I've done my best, though, and I've had some people helping me out. For example, I'm going to be talking to Brad Krause, president of Service Professor, about something called the iWave air purifying system. It's something that can be installed in any HVAC system in your home, in a business. It will dramatically reduce dust and all of those particles that might be floating, pet smells. It can even kill viruses like the coronavirus. Brad's going to tell us all about that coming up in a little bit. But before I get to that, I want to talk about an old picture that I found of my little girl, Hannah, who's 12 now, but at the point she was two and she was in the Band-Aid stage. You know what that is, right? It's that stage where every time she gets a cut, she needs a Band-Aid. And really, that part of the stage, the Band-Aid stage, I don't have a problem with. The part that I always had a problem with was when she started needing one every single time she scratched her knee or every time she got a little bruise. In fact, Hannah really was so exemplary of the Band-Aid stage in all of its aspects that she would need a Band-Aid on the knee where she'd get the red spot, you know, where she'd be kneeling because she bandaged up her other leg. She'd stand up and look down at the knee she had knelt on and see a red spot and start bandaging that leg up too. That's how good she was at the Band-Aid stage. She was a pro. Anyway, she comes out of the bathroom looking like she's wearing all these this weird striped colored pants. But in fact, all she had on was a diaper and like eight gazillion Band-Aids. So I took a picture thinking it was hilarious. And I figured someday, you know, maybe at her wedding or something, I'll crank that out and everybody will have a laugh. Well, it turns out right after I snapped that picture, somebody hollered from the kitchen, one of the other kids, and asked me where their homework was or something like that, something they had left on the counter. And we all knew that that meant I had probably thrown it away in an effort to keep the house kind of clean. So as was usually what happened, I would have to then go and dig through the garbage and try to find it and hope that it didn't have egg whites or egg yolks or spaghetti noodles on it. So anyway... After I take this picture of Hannah, I head to the kitchen to start digging through the garbage to find whoever's homework I might have thrown away. And in the process, I run my hand right across the jagged lid of a can of mushrooms, you know, a tin of mushrooms. Sliced it pretty severely. I could feel it right away. So I yank my hand out of the garbage, clench my hand into a fist, and start running around the kitchen in a panic. You know, assuming that I've probably nicked an artery. You know, I don't know a whole lot about anatomy And I'm sure there's probably not an artery in my finger. But I assume every, you always want to assume, you know, big, you know, plan big. And then you can always adjust to that. If if you do it the other way, sometimes you might not make it. So anyway, that was my plan. I'm running around the kitchen in a panic because I know I've cut my finger kind of bad. Well, after about four loops or so, I make my way to the bathroom. I expand my loops and end up running into the bathroom trying to find Band-Aids. I completely forgot about Hannah and this picture of the Band-Aid girl. So I whip open the drawer where the Band-Aids go, and I start pawing through the Rubbermaid that's in there, the, the Rubbermaid full of medical supplies. 
right? Well, I'm digging through it. And do you think there's any medical supplies in that thing at all? No. All there are are thousands of Band-Aid wrappers and then millions of those little slippery plastic Band-Aid things that go over the sticky part. Yeah, the drawers are full of those, but absolutely no Band-Aids. Anyway, I'm pawing through the drawer, starting to get a little a little woozy. You know, I look down at my hand as I still got it clenched, and I see that it almost looks gray and wrinkly, like it's mummifying right in front of me. I figure I'm bleeding out as I'm watching. So I return to the little Band-Aid bin with renewed vigor to try to find something to staunch the flow of blood. Well, anyway, as I'm doing that, pawing through quickly, of course, I paw my way right into the pointy end of a tweezers. And that jabs itself right in the little flappy skin area between my pointer finger and my middle finger. So now I've got a brand new amount of pain. I yank my hand out of that little bin and hit my elbow on the wall because the bathroom's small. Now I've got this tingling running up and down my arm. I assumed it was a heart attack. I didn't think to put two and two together. It was probably just the injury from hitting my elbow on the wall. I slumped to the floor and the bin fell over. And it was at that point that I noticed one last Band-Aid that had not been discovered by Hannah. And as I reached for it, ripped it open with my mouth, I felt like somebody in a war movie. I put it on my little finger, staunched the flow of blood, everything was good. Right at that point, Hannah comes into the room. I remember this as clear as it was yesterday. She looks at me with utter disgust and disdain as I put on that little Hello Kitty Band-Aid on my finger. And then she pointed, she didn't say anything, she just pointed at a new little red spot on her ankle, shook her head at me and walked away. Yeah, all of that comes back to me when I look at this picture. So, so what can I take out of that? What, what's the point of talking about it? I don't know. I guess one thing is this. Parents, young parents, all of us make the most out of all of these, these crazy and, and sometimes completely frustrating experiences with our kids. It really is stunning. And anybody you know who's my age who's got kids who are 19, 20 on down – Anybody in that situation will will tell somebody with younger kids that hold on to these memories because they just fly. You know, the, the, these years with the kids fly by. And I know when people told me that when I had kids who were Hannah's age, too, at that point, I remember thinking, really, they're going to fly by? I don't think so, because it feels like this incredible slog just to get through this past week with the kids. And you're telling me that it's going to fly by? It does. I don't know how it works. I don't know how that happens. But I cannot believe that all of these things are that far in the past. So hold on to them because even as frustrating as they are, I can promise you, you're going to look back. I can't promise anything because if you lost an arm because you couldn't get the Hello Kitty Band-Aids because your daughter had used them on her leg on red spots, maybe there's no happy ending to that story. But in most of them, You're going to look back, and as frustrating as they were at the time, they're going to be hilarious. So enjoy them while you can. Make the most of them while you can. That's one thing. The other thing you can take out of that, and it's it's very practical, keep a stocked first aid kit in your home at all times. If you do any kind of work around the house, if you're remotely leaning towards the clumsy side, even if you're not, first aid kit. You can find them online. You can find them anywhere. Do a little research. Get a good one. Keep it in your home and keep it stocked. There you go. Some practical advice. Now, when we come back, we've got a segment that Betsy and I recorded before her surgery that will help you decide if painting your kitchen cabinets is the right project for you right now. That's just ahead. Stick around.
helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Betsy, one of the topics that always, always, always comes up, and we've talked about it a number of times on the show, mm-hmm. is the whole kitchen cabinet repaint. Yes. And you could insert bathroom cabinets, mm-hmm. garage cabinets, you name it, cabinets, yep. pa- right. repainting cabinets. Yep. And a lot of people wonder if it's possible. Mm-hmm. Certainly possible. Of course. You know, by all means. It's we always wouldn't sur- be talking about it if it weren't possible. Well, it's always surprising <laughs> that people don't realize yeah. that that is so possible, so doable, right. such an inexpensive way to completely change your kitchen. You know, an average kitchen for all the paint primer tools what do you think 600 bucks yeah Yeah. five six hundred bucks yeah Mm -hmm. and that's for everything yeah no you got to do the work you can replace the cabinets and it's like twenty thousand dollars (laughs) yeah think about that yeah so yeah it's always surprising when people aren't sure that that's a project that that's that's a recommended project Mm -hmm. it is it's a great project if you do the steps the right way Mm -hmm. you're gonna have great results yeah Right now, what we want to tackle is just the idea, a quick discussion about, is painting my kitchen cabinets right for me? You know, a lot of people look at it and, okay, let's say I know I can do it. Mm -hmm. Is it the right thing for me to do? Is there anything that we can give them that might help them brainstorm this and figure out if this is the right way to go or maybe it's it's not something for me? And Mm -hmm. I think there are a number of questions you can ask yourself and kind of help yourself determine whether you should proceed with this or... Go the other direction with full speed. Yeah. (laughs) So the first question would be simply this. What are your cabinets made of and are they worth painting? Yeah, because if they're not worth painting, I mean... if And how do you tell if they're not worth painting? Well, like we picked up, I don't know, was it a laminate door or something Mm -hmm. at one of their resale shops or something just for demonstration purposes and all the laminate stuff is like coming off and it's almost like a off. contact paper it's a vinyl coating yeah they look white every you know we've all seen those but, before but it's peeling off and you would have to re-glue all of that and then paint it and it's way more hassle so mm-hmm. in that instance that kind of thing not worth painting if they were solid i mean if that stuff was really adhered on there then yeah. you could paint that. Yeah, even that stuff can be painted with the right prep work. Yeah. Don't buy into the paint and primer all in one stuff. Right. You've, you're, there are specific steps that you want to take if you've got that right. surface, but it can be done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if it, if you've got a surface that's starting to fail, of course, right. cabinets that just aren't holding up, all of, that's yeah. what we're talking about. Right. Paint can make them look better, but it's not going to actually make them better. We all know that. So first thing to consider is are the cabinets worth painting in the first place? Mm. Start with that. Yep. Second thing, are you sick of the wood look or are you just sick of the color of the stain? That's a really important uh, item or question to focus on. Yeah, because some people are just sick of the golden oak color. Mm-hmm. I have talked to people who that is what they have and they just hate that color. They have said to me, I would like wood cabinets, but I would like them to be darker than what they are now. I was, you know, a little bit more modern mm-hmm. as opposed to that orangey golden oak color. Right. So they're not really looking for the completely solid like paint would give you. They still want the warmth of wood. Well, they would just like not the that. color they have. But we're not always aware that there's an option to get there. Right. And it can be done. Mm-hmm. So what, what they sometimes, what we sometimes end up thinking is that I guess I better just paint them. Right. And that can lead to people who are really disappointed with the look because paint Paint wasn't their thing. Right. And if that's you, if you mm-hmm. really love that wood look and you don't want to lose that and give it up, right. 
before you bail and jump into buying a gallon of paint, yep. and before you bail and just live with what you've mm-hmm. got, realize that there are some solutions. We're going to talk about them in another uh, another segment because yeah. there's just too much information to get into right now. Mm-hmm. But just be aware. There are options, and we can help you get there. If you have questions, right. email us at radio at repcolite.com, and Betsy and I can get you walking through that. Otherwise, keep listening right? because we'll get to it. Yeah. A third question to ask is how mm-hmm. happy are you with the layout of your kitchen? Because this shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody, but right. the paint isn't going to change that. If it doesn't function, mm-hmm. you know, a new color isn't necessarily going to make it tons better. Now, that's not to say it won't make it better because, of course, the right color yeah. is going to help a lot. Mm-hmm. But if the main problem that you have with the kitchen is just the way it's laid out, Right. Then maybe digging into other options is going to be your better path. Yeah. My sister just bought a house and she was telling me how she was going to have to paint the cabinets. And she has this really long, narrow, like galley type kitchen. Mm -hmm. And she said, yeah, I think I'm just going to paint the cabinets and it'll be fine. And then she went to unpack her stuff and put things in her cabinets. Mm -hmm. And she realized that there were still like four boxes sitting in her living room of kitchen stuff that does not fit in her kitchen. And there are certain glasses that are too tall to fit in her cabinets on the shelves. And she goes, guess what? I'm just going to tear it all out and start again because I don't have the space. See, that is why I recommend and, you know. You think I'm making a joke. I'm not. Every time I looked at a new house, I showed up with a little U-Haul full of all my kitchen utensils. <laughs> and we had everybody help me get it in. Uh-huh. No, I didn't do that. But I should have <laughs> because the cabinet yeah. space is utterly – that's another topic. But right. it is confusing yeah. or, or misleading. Mm-hmm. You can look and think that you got boatloads of space. Yeah. But we don't realize how much junk we have. Well, and she had gotten rid of a lot of stuff, but it just – what she has right now for cabinet space is not functional for what she needs. So in, in so repaint like isn't going to manufacture no, new space it, for her. Paint is not magic. It is not <laughs> going to give you like you know magical spaces to put your things. So consider that question. If if a big part of your you know distaste for your kitchen or your <laughs> right. your struggle with your kitchen is due to that. Right. There's probably a better way to go that's mm-hmm. going to get you what you want. Right. How about this? How do you feel? about seeing some of the oak grain through your paint. Because here's the deal, you're going to. Unless you go some really, really labor-intensive route of covering in all the grain, Mm -hmm. you're going to see some of it. And let me just tell you, filling in all of that grain is usually not worth the effort. I mean, it's it's a complicated process. It's lengthy, tons of sanding. Mm -hmm. Probably one of my least favorite things to do is the sanding part. The dust that's created. And then the problem is... If you don't do it perfectly well when you paint, you're going to see what you tried to do. You know, you may have covered the grain, but now you might have little uneven spots that will show up in your finished paint. Mm -hmm. From my point of view, I don't know what you think, but much better off to leave the grain because the primer coat and two coats of finish goes a long way towards masking it already. Yeah. And honestly, I'm seeing more and more of new furniture. Mm Mm-hmm. Coming off of showrooms that yeah. have an oak grain with a painted yeah, look. That is very popular right now to have that actual graining behind. And, you know, a lot of cabinets don't have super, super deep grain. Mm-hmm. So it's not as visible as you would think behind that paint. And remember that you're coating it with a solid color. So the reason we see grain so often in the wood when it's not painted is that we're seeing that contrast of light and dark Mm -hmm. where the grain is darker than the rest of the wood. Once you get rid of that, the graining is not nearly as noticeable because it's all one solid color. Right. So if you paint a zebra... 
It's not as obvious, right? Right. That's kind of what you're saying. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> I don't think that technically it works. It suddenly looks like a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> and you should never paint. Well, they need the horn, but you should never paint a zebra. Do you remember the news stories? From was it like last summer? No, where that's... I was going to make a joke that all you got to do is get some cardboard and make a horn. Well, for you it. could like I, we've got I've got at home tons of toilet paper roll holders yes, see? that the children just leave. See, so I could get them, string them together, yes, get them wet, mush them into a horn. No, what I was talking about was the news stories where they were trying to figure out why zebras are striped in the first place. And remember, there was yeah, this, this I, group I, of yeah. scientists. I'm using the little right. quotation Air things. It, it feels funny saying this, but they painted cows. Yes. I'm sure mm-hmm. with some biodegradable safe paint. Well, and I'm they sure. determined that it was possible that the zebra stripes are something to ward off or confuse mm-hmm. flies, I believe it was. Yeah. I don't think that has anything to do with oak cabinets. No. A little extra something for you. You'll <laughs> a see the something extra on your Saturday morning. Yeah, you'll see the oak graining when you catch side angles yeah. of the doors. You'll mm-hmm. see the, the the physical texture. Right. But looking at it from an overall standpoint, that right. graining disappears when you've got a solid color over it. Right. So two more questions to think about if you're gonna do the job yourself. Mm-hmm. The first one would be how dedicated are you to doing the right prep work? Yes. And we would say if you're not dedicated to mm-hmm. doing the right prep work, which is cleaning, scuff mm-hmm. sanding, priming, and then going to your finish paint, if all of those steps sound like too much and you want to just cut corners and, and get to the finish, I would recommend not doing the project. Because once you've got right. paint on there, we've talked to a number of people who inherit a kitchen that's mm-hmm. been done on the cheap. Right. And they've got peeling cabinets or peeling right. a, a peeling paint problem, peeling down to the cabinet door. Mm-hmm. And they want to know what do they put over top of it to fix it. And there is nothing you to put to over top of it. You have to and start you've over. You've got to get everything down, get it prepped the right way yeah. and start over. If you don't feel like you've got time to do that, and mm-hmm. that's really the next question. Do you have the time necessary to do all of this? Right. You don't want to get into it. And then just be bogged down by summer projects and, you know, Mm -hmm. other things that happen. You know, maybe save it for another time. Mm -hmm. But if you're not willing to do the right prep work now or you Mm -hmm. don't have the time to do it, just hold off. Yes. You know, maybe clean the... Or hire somebody to do it. There There you go. There's always that option. Repcolite and Port City Paints, if you stop in, call. We can give you names of some contractors in your area. There's also a form on Repcolite's homepage that you can fill out and that comes directly to us. And we will help you find a contractor in your area for whatever project you're working on. Right. Now, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to be in the studio with Brad Krause from Service Professor talking about the iWave air purifier. That's all coming up next. Stick around. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. And we're back. And I'm in the studio with President of Service Professor Brad Kraus. Brad, thanks for being here. Yes, good morning. Appreciate you having me again. Yeah, you, you've been here a number of times. We, I have. we let you keep coming back. Well, I appreciate know? the invite. I don't, I don't, that doesn't always happen, you know, Dan. So <laughs> for I, you? I appreciate it, yeah. Yeah, you don't always get invited back places? No, not all. I'm like, I'm like a, it's a coin flip, typically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was, I forget where I went, but I was so happy to be invited. And it was one of those things where generally you go back again. And I realized about a year later, it hit me. I was never, ever asked back to that. So, yeah, I share the pain. You yeah. Know, so it's a bit of an aha moment for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You feel like, wow, I'm maybe not as cool as I thought I was. <laughs> but 
what are you going to do? <laughs> That's right. Anyway, a couple of weeks ago, I emailed you because I had a question from a listener. Well, actually, I ran across a question to another show okay. about air quality. Yeah. And I didn't think that the answer they gave was exactly right. I was curious about it because we had talked about a number of issues relating to air quality. And one of the main things that had come through in all of the conversations, or at least a lot of them when you've been here, is how airflow is key to our HVAC systems. Completely. Right. And so when the answer talked about potentially restricting that airflow by bumping up the filter that we put in in order to remove more contaminants from the air, I thought that could be bad if you go too far. Absolutely. So I checked with you, and in the midst of that conversation, back and forth, just making sure I had my facts right, you brought up a product that I really am intrigued with. It's called the iWave. What, it, what is it actually called? It's Is called, it just iWave? Yeah, it's an iWave. It's uh, it's made by a company called New Calgon, who's just been uh, one of the front runners and leaders in you know how to how to take care of uh, you know uh, particulates in the air. You know, get get clean air number one, but also to kill the viruses and bacteria and molds that exist. And they do it through different sprays. I mean, they, they're you know they, they make different uh, different chemicals, if you will, to mm-hmm. be able to clean things. Uh, along with this product called the iWave. Right, but this doesn't have anything to do with sprays or chemicals or things like Nothing that. Nothing at all. And honestly, when you had emailed about it, I I guess I had seen a video of it, but I must have been just listening to the video while I was diligently making notes, and so I didn't see what it looked like. So I created this image in my head of what it looked like, yeah. and I pictured some great big thing that connects to my my HVAC system and basically a glorified filter. It's a really tiny little piece of equipment that just drops right in, right? There's almost no intrusive installation process at all for this. Yeah. It, as a matter of fact, you wouldn't know it was there unless you knew it was there because right. it actually mounts inside of the cabinet of your furnace, uh, basically where the blower is. So therefore, it's going to be able to suck all the par- all the different uh, ions that this thing produces to put them and filtrate your air. So it's going to go out and, and go into the air that you're breathing every day and then actually do what it's meant to do. Right. So let's talk about that because people listening probably have no idea how in the world this possibly could work with no sprays. Nothing like that. It's not a filtration system of any kind. It, it will, well, I'll just let you, what, what, what will it exactly do and who's it for? Yeah. Well, number one, I would say, let's talk about who it's for. I, I think, you know, before, you know, pre-COVID-19, um, you know, I think a lot of our customer base that chose to have this enhancement put on to mm-hmm. their, their heating and air system were people maybe with some breathing issues or some kind of, you know, allergy issues. Uh, that was, it was a hot topic for those folks. And I think, you know, post-COVID, you know, we're putting in, you know, uh, a dozen of these a week um, for customers because I think uh, breathing clean air is on everybody's mind right now. Uh, absolutely no doubt about it. And, you know, the, the results that this thing produces um, is actually the success of, of killing bacteria, molds, and viruses. Um, it's lab uh, tested and proven that, you know, it kills uh, different COVID-type viruses, such as MRSA. Um, it kills HIV inside of 60 seconds. Really? Um, it's been tested on the COVID-19 virus. I know that they tread lightly with, you know, that research because research is happening so rapidly mm-hmm. right now. 
now on it. New Kelgon treads lightly with that? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Just because you know you put a stamp of approval on something, I will tell you that they have lab tested it and it has proven to kill it. Um, but just like any other COVID virus, though. Um, so what it does is it actually uh, emulates uh, the what nature does, which nature creates what's called ozone. Mm-hmm. Okay, and ozone does the exact same thing. It creates these ions that attach to different um, smells and particulates in the air and viruses and bacteria, um, and it kills them. So it's kind of like the you know the best way I can explain explain ozone is it's that smell that you go out when you're on your front porch after a good good evening rain, and it's that smell that you can smell. That's the ozone. worm smell, not the worm smell, but the the pre worm smell <laughs> ah, after the, the pre worm the pre worm smell. Yeah. So that's what ozone is, but ozone can uh, ozone can also be uh, a lung irritant if it's if you have too much of it. Mm-hmm. So we choose to install a product like iWave that isn't ozone, but it emulates ozone. So because other ones, other air purifiers emit small amounts of ozone, correct. right? I'm sure not large amounts, but there is the potential that it could be an irritant or at least we don't like to read that on the box. Exactly right. Yeah, there's that potential. So we just got away from that altogether. There's several products that do produce ozone. Um, uh, for example, I use uh, an ozone generator for my for my hunting equipment, mm-hmm. for my clothes that I wear out in the woods because it, it kills smells. So a lot of hunters will use an ozone generator inside their totes where they store their, their gotcha. hunting equipment. That's what I do. Um, so I use ozone in that manner. Um, so yeah, it creates these ions that go out. So let's talk about how it filters the air, number mm-hmm. one. So it goes out and it's, it's kind of like the, the, the cat versus the mousetrap theory. So like a filter on your system is waiting for the particulates to come to it and it blocks them. When in reality, as we spoke before in previous shows, that a filter is really there to protect the equipment, not to clean your air for, for breathing purposes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like pre-World War II you know, technology is the way I look at it. Gotcha. With this new stuff, it goes out and it's the cat and it goes out and-, and Looking and for the stink. Looking, looking for, for the virus. That's right. Looking for the particulates. It goes and gets it. All right. So it releases these ions. It, then the, the blow motor grabs them and, you know, filter, you know, infiltrates your air, goes out into the home and it'll attach the particulates in the air, making them heavier than air, therefore dropping them or making them more catchable by the filtration. Okay. So, so that's in, how it cleans the air. Gotcha. Now you had mentioned before we went on the air that initially when it does all of that in your system, it's catching the stuff in, in your air in the home. It's, you're going to have a little more dust to start with. Yeah. We tell every customer that you're going to notice on the onset of this thing after it's installed that you're going to think you have a dust problem in your home. But in reality, all that stuff like on a good Saturday morning, you know, when you see the sun rays come through the window that you see floating in the air. See, mine, mine I have so much of that, we don't always see the sun is out. It's just this <laughs> massive cloud in the... It's like having your windows tinted. Yeah, yeah it exactly. is. Nobody knows what we're doing. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, I know. So all of those little moats or whatever you want to call them floating in the air. Yeah. Eventually, this will start to get rid of that, right? A because mass majority of them, yeah. It attaches to them, makes them heavier in air, and then they fall. And then we clean that all up, but eventually it starts working with the system and with our filter, right? And it starts filtering some of that stuff out before it even gets to that point? Correct. Or do I always end up with just tons of dust? Well, your environment, of course, depends on that. Like if you lived on have a, dirty children. Yeah, if you lived on a dirt road, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to have more particulates in your air than some that does not. So the environment does matter, but no matter what, it's going to continue to attach these things, letting them be heavier than air and letting them fall and be caught by the filtration. Gotcha. So that's how it makes it the cleanest air that you're going to breathe all day. That's, that's the basic technology. Now, as far as viruses, bacteria, and molds, which is a very hot topic right now, these ions also go out and they attach to the to the hydrogen 
you know, of these pathogens. And basically, that's the power source of any pathogen. Mm-hmm. So it kills it. It kills the, the virus pathogen. It kills, you know, all these pathogens that are in your air, whether it be mold, viruses, bacteria, not allowing them to live. So that's how it kills those. So you've got this device that's what? Eight inches by four inches by a couple and in- three inches high. Yeah. I mean, a small little box type thing. Right. It just sits in. I know it's got magnets on the back of it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not even necessarily screwed into your equipment. It could be just magnet mounted, right? Yeah, we just set it in the bottom of the equipment near the blower motor. Exactly. Yeah, and, and we wired in, you know, whether it be you know, so every time the the furnace is running, it'll kick on, or if it's just running one hundred percent of the time, each furnace will depict how we wire them on. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's a really cool product, and, it, and the neatest thing about it is it's maintenance free. Well, that's know. what I wanted to get to. Yeah, completely yeah. maintenance free. Completely. Once it's in, it's in, and it's just working. You know, unlike you know, UV bulbs have a great place in in HVAC world. It definitely does. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with UV lights. It's just the maintenance of them. Every year you have to replace a, an expensive lamp. Um, you have to remember to do that, or have your HVAC contractor do that. Maybe on your maintenance visit, if you're on a a, a similar program to our MVP program, mm-hmm. where we do that for you, and then but it's still a maintenance cost going forward. So we tend to err. It's simple for the client. It's a set it and forget it, and it's just working. Right, right. It, it's cool. I mean, the, the video that the company put out just explaining it, you know, there's a lot of things out there that have a lot of hype. We have um, Benjamin Moore's Scuff X as a paint that when we first saw the videos, we thought it was just hype. There's no way paint can resist scuffing like that one, but it really does. Yeah. And we get so excited about it. You feel that way about this? It really works. Yeah, service professor. We don't we don't put our name behind anything that we wouldn't put in our own homes. I, I have it in my own home. It absolutely works. As a matter of fact, I have another product uh, in in my heating and air system. So I have it doubled up. I actually produce ozone in my house because mm-hmm. I'm not scared of the lung irritants myself personally. It's a personal decision, um, but they absolutely work. They're they're lab proven to work. Um, so we wouldn't we wouldn't put our name behind anything that we put in for right. customers without believing in it ourselves. So when you, I guess what I wanted to get at is when you watch this video, you know I'm always hesitant to put a company's marketing video up there as proof, but you've seen the video. You're behind everything they're saying in the video. It works like they're saying. Yeah, to the extent, Dan, where we we basically privately labeled it and put our our logo all over it as well. Yeah, had it per- is. We had permission from them. We re- our marketing team redid the the video. Um, I saw that with our branding on it. That's how much we believe in it. It is a cool product. It talks about you know if you've got allergies, it will help with that. It help reduce things with odors, pet odors, cooking odors. Right. All kinds of things like that, even down to static electricity in the home. Absolutely. It will reduce that. One thing I did want to ask before we wrap this up, we're in the studio with Brad Krause, from, president of Service Professor. With it you know, making all these particles heavier and bigger and able to be caught more readily by your filter, mm-hmm. are we changing filters a lot more often now? Do we need to go to a better filter than what we maybe normally are buying if we put this in? Not necessarily. Um, I would say, you know, if you have a, a typical half-inch filter like the majority of homes, you still check it monthly, still replace that thing monthly. You might find it dirtier on the onset uh, because it is doing its job. Um, but again, filtration is meant to protect the equipment. So you're also protecting the equipment. So there's a side effect there that you're, you know, you might get sustained life, uh, you know, further further out for your equipment by taking this measure. Um, you know, if you have like a Merv, you know, 16 filter, that's a thicker filter, you 
you know, we always talk about that on the show that, you know, people think filtration, filtration, thicker filters, mm-hmm. and, but you're reducing airflow, which then is hard on your equipment. Right. So it's kind of the catch 22 and it's a fine balance, which is why we believe in a product like this so much because you don't have to affect your filtration and your airflow. What is the, you know, just can you ballpark an installed price? Yeah, the, you can get these installed for less than a thousand dollars. I mean, they, I believe they're right around eight hundred dollars somewhere in there. But you know, I know we didn't we didn't talk about this before the show. But even you know, with with COVID nineteen and everything going on, um, you know, we want to see as many people realize a product like this that they don't even realize is available. Right? We want them to understand they're available, make their the home and their the air in their home the best air they'll breathe all day. Right? That's that's mm-hmm. our goal as service professors. So I'd be willing to extend. Uh, well, well, let's do this. Let's say fifty bucks off for any Repco Light Home Improvement Show uh, listeners that want to have this. If they call in to have this put in, um, just mention the show and we'll take an extra 50 bucks off. How's that? That sounds pretty good. Yeah, why not? Let them know that you know me and maybe they'll even give you a little more pity. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> Probably mention, not. Mention maybe a Dan's cookie and some water or something. There you so go. if they do want to call and just get more information about it or if they need any of the various things you guys do at Service sure. Professor, how's the best way to get in touch? Well, obviously, you know, you can you can go old school and just give us a call. That always works well for us. Uh, we're always, we have eight people always answering people's people's phone calls. So um, that number is 616-871-1900, uh, 871-1900. Or you can check it out, check the video out on the website, uh, serviceprofessor.com. I believe it's under the air quality mm-hmm. uh, tab or somewhere in there. Air That's how I found it. Oh, very cool. So it's I'm on a pretty there. good Googler. And web surfer, so awesome. it's easy to find. Yeah, and so, it's on our YouTube channel. I know right. that. So iWave air purifying system, really cool. It's definitely worth checking out. And if you call Brad and tell them that you heard about it on the show, they'll give you fifty bucks. Is that what you said? Fifty bucks off? Yeah, let's go fifty bucks. That 50 sounds bucks. good today. Yeah. Is that not what you said? I think it's what I said. Okay, we yeah, might we... have to hit rewind and double check that. <laughs> Fact check me. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the air in here needs something because neither one of us are functioning well at this point. All good. Anyway, Brad Krause from Service Professor, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thanks, Dan. All right. We're hitting the end. We got one more segment. Hang with us over the break. And when we come back, we're going to tackle, I'm not sure which yet. I've got some paint questions. They're really good ones. I'm going to pick one of them and we're going to go over that. That's coming up next. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the RepcoLite Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. And we're back. Let's wrap this show up. The last segment. Let's see here. What do we want to talk about? I'll go with this one. I've got a great question that came in probably a couple months ago, and Betsy and I had always meant to talk about it on air. Never got to it. Let's do it today because it's quick. Here's the question. When is it a good idea to pay more for a higher priced line of paint? You know, then the, the, the listener went on to explain or ask the difference between Benjamin Moore's Ben, which is kind of an entry level paint, and Benjamin Moore's Aura, which is top of the line Benjamin Moore. When's it better to buy Ben? When's it better to buy Aura? Now, the answer to that really depends on the situation and what you want out of your finished paint. See, paint can be way more specialized than a lot of people think. It's not just great coverage or easy application that you get with certain paint products that you might not get with other ones. There are all kinds of different qualities that that you can get by buying certain products. You know, Sticks from Benjamin Moore is a primer, or it's from Insulex, but it's a Benjamin Moore company. It's a special primer that bonds to all kinds of really difficult to paint surfaces. So Sticks is worth it 
in certain situations. There's another primer. A white pigmented shellac is really good if you're trying to block out tannin stains, water stains, smoke stains, things like that. You know, it's very specific for those situations. The same thing happens with finish paint. So let's look at Aura from Benjamin Moore. It's super high-end, and it does a lot of great things. It resists fading. It's got high-end durability. It applies well. All of those things. But Aura's main claim to fame is its coverage and its hide. So if you're switching colors, if you're using a color that's notoriously bad at hiding, or if you're covering over a color that's usually hard to cover, Aura is definitely worth the money that you're going to spend. Because in the end, it's going to be cheaper. You're going to buy less paint when you're using Aura, and you're going to have to apply fewer coats. So... Again, save you time and save you money. That's where Aura is really valuable. Scuff-X from Benjamin Moore. That's another paint that's not as high-end or it's not as high a price point as Aura, but still higher than some of the other ones out there that you might run into. Scuff-X from Benjamin Moore, again, has a lot of great application characteristics. It's got a great smooth finish when it's applied. It's easy to work with, but its main claim to fame is scuff resistance. So if you've got a high traffic area in your home, you know, your entryway, your hallway, your mudroom, Scuff-X is a great option. Scuff-X is also, in, in fact, first and foremost, a great option for areas like schools, offices, hotels, restaurants, stores, all of those situations. That's what it was designed for, to resist scuffing in those areas and minimize the amount of touch-up that has to be done in those professional establishments. So Scuff-X is perfect when it comes to the need of resisting scuffing and all of that. It's worth the extra money. Repcolite's Hallmark or Benjamin Moore's Regal, they excel as wall paints in living room areas, in hallways, and areas where you do get a fair amount of use. Hallmark, Regal, both of those are great. Then there's Benjamin Moore's Bath and Spa. That's a specialty bathroom paint for the walls in the bathroom, just the walls. You wouldn't want to put it on the cabinets. It's not designed for that. But if you're painting a bathroom, there's absolutely no reason to use anything other than bath and spa. It may be a little more expensive, but when you think of all the issues that you run into in a bathroom, all the moisture issues, mold, mildews, all of those things, bath and spa or a bath and spa from Benjamin Moore will help fight all of that and give you great results. It's just the best bathroom paint out there, so it's worth the money. But then you get to areas like closets, guest rooms, rooms that aren't used with any sort of heavy traffic. In those instances, that's where we really do like to recommend the more economical options that are still great paints, like Ben from Benjamin Moore or Carefree from Repcolite. You can save money and still get great results. Really, the whole thing boils down to figuring out what you need out of your paint. You know, when we sell the product to you, that's what we're trying to figure out. We're trying to figure out the use that you have for it and what you're looking for. Most paints can be used in varying situations, but certain needs make certain products the best choice. And when that happens, it's worth the extra money to get the right product. It just really, when you think about it, reinforces the whole idea of asking questions and talking to people who know paint. And along those lines, in the last few seconds that I've got, I want to let you know that our new store in Byron Center is now open. It opened this past Tuesday. It's located on the corner of 84th Street and Clyde Park, which is just west of the Tanger Outlet Mall. So the new Byron Center store, we've been talking about it for a while now, is officially open. Open all the hours that all the other Repcolite stores are open, 7.30 to 6 o'clock every weekday, 8 to 3 on Saturdays. So... There you go. Whatever you do today, make sure you have a great day. Make sure paint's a part of it if you can. And if you do, swing out to the new store in Byron Center and tell them hi. I'm Dan Hansen. Thanks for listening.